Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Matthew 23, 1. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in Moses' chair of authority as teachers of the law. So practice and observe everything they tell you, but do not do as they do, for they preach things, but they do not practice them. When the Lord was giving me this, he was, now think of this, okay? I want you to think of this. Everything that we see in the church is what our government looks like. Does everybody understand that? Does, if so whatever Canada looks like, it's what the church in Canada looks like. Whatever the Philippines looks like, it's what the church in the Philippines looks like. Whatever India looks like, it's what, does everybody understand? That's why some nations are blessed and others are under a curse. That's why some are prospering and others aren't. Does everybody understand that? That's why there's violence in some and sexual sin in some. Does everybody get that? Amen? Now, in nations where the bulk of the church is, 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 is idolatry, like Catholicism or something, that's why those nations are so cursed. Now, there's a remnant of true born-again, spirit-filled believers in those churches, but they are not seen as the church in those nations. Amen? So they still have power for divine protection for themselves. They have power to be at light in darkness. Amen? See, that's where the enemy's trying to get America. He knows he can't really stop the church, but he wants us underground. He wants us to have a little impact. He doesn't want us to have impact on the school systems. He doesn't want us to have impact on government. He doesn't want to, he's, he knows he can't stop. He's never been able to completely stop the church, amen? He can put you in the dark ages where the rest of the world can't see your light, but he never really stops the church, amen? How do we know? Because we're still here. Amen? 2,000 years later, dark ages and, and all the other crazy stuff, the church is still here, right? So Satan is doing this. Everything he's doing now is to get the church to stop, to not have a harvest, to not have an apostolic outpouring, to not bring forth the bride of Christ, okay? You just have to understand the times we're in. And so when I'm reading this, I want you to understand it about today's church leaders and you can go to whatever, wherever you're listening, we go to different nations. They can apply it to their nation. Has everybody got that? Amen? And then you'll see that in the government, all right? Now, he's, now, he's talking to scribes and Pharisees who, who have taken the place of Moses. So they're actually preaching the old covenant. Does everybody understand that? Now, our government officials are not preaching the old covenant. Amen? They are preaching a Marxist now um, uh, totally one government kind of doctrine, right? Okay, so he's not telling us to go along with that. He's showing us, though, how bad it is, okay? Does everybody understand that? 
He is saying, when you listen to the preachers and the teachers and the evangelists and the prophets and all that in the church, when they are reading the word, okay. Amen? Listen to that. That's what he's saying. But they're stopping you from being spirit-filled. They're stopping you from moving in the things of God that make it so you can live it out. Amen? Does everybody understand? I want you to understand these scriptures that he said then to that time, he showed me to apply it to now. All right? All right. So he says, practice and observe everything they tell you, but do not do as they do, for they preach things, but they do not practice them. That's why I had to put that disclaimer in there. So you wouldn't think, oh, we're supposed to listen to what they're saying. No. You, li you listen to the church leaders when they read the Bible to you. But don't, do, don't treat it the way they do. Get spirit-filled, led by Holy Ghost, and practice what the Word says. Amen? But because, now this is a sad thing, you guys. Our church, the church in the U.S., has become so corrupt that now our governmental leaders are not even speaking the principles of the Bible that our nation was founded on. That's how far disconnected the church is from being led by the Holy Spirit in America. Amen? And... You are part of that church. So you need to let God make sure he connects you to the headship of Jesus Christ. You need to be what Jesus is saying here. You need to believe what they're saying, but you need to move into being led by the Holy Spirit to live it out. Amen? We've got to rise up and yield to Holy Spirit and do what he's saying. We've got to begin to understand this as ministers. And when we're dealing with young people, we've got to... Basically, we've all kind of hid in these cute little church buildings and had our social clubs while the whole world has gone to hell. And now this awakening is making people go, oh, what happened? Now, and I'm going to say this for this church overall. This church, you've got to get free. So this isn't so much about you all the time. You've heard enough teaching to start having some authority and power to begin to see things change in your families. Then in your communities. Amen? And there is a remnant of people who are flowing in the things of the Holy Spirit, which is why we have hope in this nation. Amen? And I believe with all my heart God's going to turn this around because enough people have awakened. Amen? Don't go back to sleep. We all know that if this was over after one year, nothing would have changed. Amen? So we better hold on to God through this ride called the shaking and get every bit of deception out of us, led by Holy Spirit, every bit of fear out of us, every idol out of us. Amen? So that we can come out of this like gold. Amen? And, and I don't know... If you don't stop and think about how bad things are, if you don't, you're, you're in pretended faith, okay? You're just, and I'm not going to get into that, but pretended faith doesn't help anything. I mean, all these people still listening to Q or something and listening really to, to your prophets. Okay, people need to face what really happened. 
I would say put away the cake. Everybody's getting too fat. It's time for people to come up to the plate and get right with God and say, this is why I missed it. But this part's still true. Amen? Amen? See, I humble myself. I tell you guys when I miss it. And you think I'm just telling this little church. No, I'm telling thousands and thousands of people on the radio. If you go by what they say their coverage is, not that I believe all that, I'm telling millions of people where I missed it. Amen? Then we're in nations where we know we're touching 16,000 people or something a week telling them where I missed it. Amen? So if I can humble myself and say where I missed it, we have better humble. Jesus didn't humble himself to say where he missed it because he never missed it. But we are, what are we called to do? Confess our sins one to another and he's faithful and just to forgive all sin. If you don't confess your sin to anybody, it's not forgiven. Why? Because shame is still holding you bound. That doesn't mean you have to confess everything to everybody all the time. It means be led of the Holy Spirit. Say, well, where can I go and confess this? Where can I go and get help with this? Where can I go and have my eyes open to what's going on? Amen? This is not the time to be running from God. This is the time to be running to God. This is not the time to be running from ministries that have seriously, honestly preached the word of God and are not man-pleasing. This is not the time to be running out those doors because God's about to bring those people into every place that he's going to bless because the church has got to go through this shaking and come out healed. Amen? The scribes and Pharisees tie heavy loads that are hard to bear and place them on men's shoulder, but they themselves will not lift a finger to make them lighter. Now look at this. This is what the Lord gave me when I said, Lord, what, what is happening to, to these leaders who are doing all this hypocrisy. And of course, it always goes back to the church. Now, I've been so not part of the organized church for so long that I kind of have to hear other people share how bad it is now and what they have people do. Uh, someone was saying that now to join a lot of churches and to be part of churches, you have to let them automatically take 10% out of your paycheck or you can't be at that church. Well, you're not... You're not giving, you're not giving joyfully and generously. You're being forced to give to be a part of that church. I just heard it. It's like, oh my gosh. Now, if you want to do that personally, that you know it's not, that's between you and you and God and, and you working that out. Um, you can do that, but it's got to be freely done. It can't be done out of, out of this kind of bondage. Amen. And that's happening all over. That's happening all over. So things like that, things like, um, you know, one church I knew of, because somebody told me, they put your name up and it went down <laughs> every Sunday if you were behind in your tithes and no one was supposed to have anything to do with you till you caught up on your tithe. And that was like 10, that was like 15 years ago. And it was a little church and it was like, these people, oh, the, oh God, I'm like, oh my gosh, amen. So I, we have no idea how horrific it is, Amen. I'm glad I don't want to know all the evil. Amen. Just know this. What you see in the government is happening in the church. Get it out of your heart. Amen. Get it out of your heart. Amen. And so here we see him saying, um, so we see that they preach it, but they don't live it. Well, how many know that happened a lot with our politicians? Everybody's seen the hypocrisy, right? 
the hypocrisy of having a big get-together and everybody's close and high-fying and partying and having a good old time while your kids are sitting in, in some states are still sitting six feet apart in a school with a mask on, some of them double mask, and they can't, almost no child, probably no child has died from this, seriously. And yet you can have a bunch of elitist politicians elbowing it, getting drunk, and, and, and who knows all the crazy stuff that's going on. I'm sure it's pretty horrific. No mask, no nothing. Right? They tell you what to do, but they don't do it. They tell you what to give up, but they're not giving anything up. That's what he's talking about. So this is happening in the church. There's hypocrisy in the church. There's people telling you you better tithe, but they're not tithing. There's people telling you you need to do this, this, and this, but they're not doing this, this, and this. Amen? God's shaking all this. All right. Matthew 23, 5. They do all their deeds to be seen by men, for they make their, what that word is, it's like a little box that they put prayer and stuff in, and they made them real big so you could see they're walking around with them, and they make their tassels long. That was for that time Anyway, um, I would say today um, they want to be seen by men. So nowadays they're probably driving fancy, fancy cars, wearing very expensive suits and sitting in a place of honor at things and everybody's got to carry their books and this, that, and the other. Can I just tell you about carrying somebody's books? Do it if you see somebody needs help. I don't care who they are. Amen. But Jesus sent his disciples away and he stayed and cleaned up after a big group of people. Amen. Quit using the old covenant to come up with legalism to make people be your servants. Amen? All right. Now, this is a place where you can stop a minute and see. These are how you get these things out of your heart. First of all, do you, act your do you ask your children to practice and do things that you yourself do not do? You're a hypocrite. If they've seen how you date it and how you act it, if you were a single parent, and then they come along to the season to date and all, that's going to stick in their heads. So you need to get it right. You need to repent where you need to repent. You need to talk to your, your child about, you know, that probably wasn't appropriate or maybe hopefully, you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? This stuff God is rebuking us for. Get your hearts right. Amen? Get your hearts right. If you put up with an abusive situation and you don't think you've set your child up to get an abusive situation, you're wrong. You need to get healed, get free, get delivered, and then talk to them without bashing the other person. Amen? This is not about bashing. Don't vilify somebody. Just tell them your part. Amen? Tell them, I was wrong to have that person in our lives. I was wrong, you know, and I'm asking God to help me and help heal me where I'm afraid to be long. Whatever it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to quit being hypocrites. My kids will tell you this. Their mom's not a hypocrite. Amen? She lives what she preaches. You need to get to that place. You need to live what you preach. Amen? And you need the grace of God to do it. You need God's mercy to do it. You need God's grace to do it. You need God to heal and set you free. Amen? All right. The other thing is don't put heavy loads on people. Don't, don't put a bunch of restrictions on your kids and things they have to do and accomplish. That's just a burden to them. And then not lift a finger to help them. Right? 
Pray about things. What's going to really help them? What's, what is overkill? What's going to cause them to hate this and never want to have anything to do with it again? You give somebody too many chores and you're probably producing an either totally lazy person who will walk away from doing anything clean up later or you're producing somebody who has, what's that called, where they, have to, they can't stand a single thing out of place? Yeah. So either way, you're putting the demons in them. Okay? So that's what he's telling us. He goes, pray about it. What's going to really solve the problem? What's going to really solve the problem? Do it in love. Call mercy. He, he's talking here. He goes, they wouldn't do this. They wouldn't sit down and do this. They would have rebelled. You wouldn't, you wouldn't sit down right now and say, well, you know, I didn't do well with that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to punish myself and do this, this, and this. Be reasonable. What's real? What, what can you lift your finger to help them with? Amen? What will you lift your finger to help them with? That doesn't mean you give them a computer and you go away and have your day. Amen? If you're going to put burdens on your children, if you're going to put burdens on your people who work for you, then you need to be able to lift a finger to do that. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise, you're a Pharisee or a hypocrite. Okay, I know. I know it's painful around here. It's a good pain. Amen? It's, it's how he gets us free. It's how he opens our blind eyes and says, wow. Yeah, I'm not willing to sit there for that long and do that. But you put it on them. How many know that's what our government is doing? Because it's being done in the church. It's being done because it's being done. It's being done in families. It's being, do you understand what I'm saying? It goes right down. When it's done in the church, then it begins to be done in the families. And then it's done in our government, which reflects the church. So each of us have a part in this to get free from being a part of being a Pharisee. Amen? And a hypocrite. And we, we, there's no condemnation in Christ. Our eyes are open. I see it. Forgive me, God. Oh, my gosh, Lord, I see this. Forgive me. Your kids do watch what you do. Amen? How many care enough about your kids to quit being a hypocrite? Stop a minute. Do you want your children to have the relationship with their children that you have with them? Do you want your children to have the relationship with their wife or their husband that you have with yours. Not that they're to marry the same personality type and all that, but I'm talking about genuine respect, genuine honor, genuine love, genuine putting their needs ahead of your own. Husbands, you're supposed to put everyone in your family starting with your wife and then your children, you're supposed to put their needs ahead of yours. Wives, you're supposed to honor your husband. And I've got teaching on that, on the mentorship I think everybody needs to listen to. I'm not going to get into it today. We don't have time. But what I'm talking about, God Last week, or Tuesday night and today, he's dealing with the Pharisee spirit, the hypocritical spirit. Amen? And he's very detailed. Because how many sees the hypocrisy in our politici politicians? All, almost all of them. Amen? Right? Right? How about in our schools? How about our school boards? People, it starts with us, the believers in Jesus Christ. It starts with us. So while we're all upset about all the crazy stuff we're seeing, 
God's upset with the crazy stuff he's seeing. He expects the world to be sinners. He doesn't expect it in our homes and in our lives. Amen? Once again, please get this. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. The minute you feel condemned when I'm preaching or teaching or talking, the minute you feel condemned or you feel judged, you need to deal with why. Is there, you can say something mean to me. You can be judging me. I don't feel condemned. I never feel condemned. But when Holy Spirit convicts me, I feel convicted. And I get in the word and I spend time with him and I pray and I'll talk to Karen or I'll talk to my sister Donna or I'll talk to different people, uh, Nicole, different people around me and I'll say, show me, do you see, am I, what's going on here? Is this me? What, what, show me, here's what the Lord showed me. And then almost every time I come up here and I tell you what God convicted me of. Be happy it's not blatant sin, okay? Because I shouldn't be up here if it was. Amen? After 30 years of doing this, I definitely should not be up here. Nobody should stand before God's people when they have blatant sin in their life. That's a hypocrite. Amen? And hypocrites have counseled people and hurt people. Hypocrites have counseled and destroyed marriages. You will be accountable for every word you speak. So be, if you're a counselor or if you're a teacher or if you're a care provider, Everything you speak as a person of influence, you will stand before God and he will deal with you about it. Amen. Not many should be teachers. They're going to get a higher judgment. It says so. Amen. Just because you can start a little Bible study at your home and People will come. Are they only hurt people coming? Because you're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before God about what you teach. You're going to stand before God. I mean, I've taught things wrong when I was more immature and I pleaded and I got re forgiven. I got fired from the job, thank God. If I could go back and tell all those kids I was wrong, I would. Maybe they're listening to me on the radio. Amen? I can have a spirit of error and not be a horrific person. But eventually, Holy Spirit's going to convict me and show me. Amen? Amen? All right, let's keep going so we can get these things out of our hearts. Do you do your deeds to be seen by men? Do you show up for prayer meeting? I know here, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm talking to the people on there. <laughs> Just so that, oh, Cindy knows I came to prayer meeting. I know you don't. Amen. But in a lot of churches, that's what they do. And you've all heard my story about seeing Jesus in church that time and and God tested me on this because I was in a really big church. My book was in the bookstore. This pastor and his wife liked me. And he's doing one of those altar calls you have to run to. You know, you can make an altar call that everybody has to run to unless they're hearing God. And, the, and he says, don't go. Like, if you want to save souls, if you want a heart for souls, come up. Like, who's not going to come up? I'm not saying you can't do that kind of altar call. I'm just saying it's going to probably bring a lot of people up. And so here's he's doing this one. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And he's right in front of me. I had good seat that day. He wasn't a prophet, so I sat in the front. 
around everybody sits in the back. But it doesn't matter, does it? God can go all the way back to the back. He sees you. And, and I just, and I, I was actually having a debate in my heart. Did I want to be seen? I wanted to be seen by this pastor. I did. I wanted him to see that I wanted souls. I wanted him to see that, that I wanted this. I wanted hands laid on me for this. I wanted him to see it. it. It's one of those standout moments where God made it like slow motion. And then I saw that poor man. He, he looked like a homeless kind of man. He was tall, about six feet tall. And I saw him. And I kept thinking, why doesn't anybody go pray for him? Why doesn't anybody go pray for him? I'm thinking, here we're talking about souls. Here we're talking, here's this man. And you could tell he's just crushed by what's, go you know, nobody's seen he has a need. And, and so he walks around. This, this is a big church. He goes this way. I'm watching him. And my heart's torn. Do I go? Because I want this, I want this pastor to lay hands on me. I want him to see that I'm up at this altar call. I want him to see this. And then this man is walking, walking down. I'm thinking, where is thousand people, over a thousand people in this church? Why isn't there somebody, quote, an elder? Why isn't somebody chasing this man and telling him that Jesus loves him? What's going on? All of a sudden, I couldn't stand it anymore. So I was right near the center aisle where he could run right up. And so I saw him about to go out the door and I ran all the way up to him and I tapped him on the shoulder and he turned around it was Jesus and I fell out just weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping and the Holy Spirit said you almost missed me because you wanted them to know you were here how many things have we missed because we want to be seen by men and we don't even know. See, he, if he had gone out the door, I would have never known that I failed that test. I'm sure I would have gone. It, 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 it went all the way to the core of my being. And I choose, and I pray you choose this today, to get rid of all desire to be seen by people and have a heart to be real with God. No, nothing could compare to seeing the Lord. Now, did anybody else see him? I don't know. I saw, this was with my natural eyes. This wasn't a vision. This was real life happened. Not that visions aren't real life, but you know what I mean. This is on this side of the, the. I don't know if anybody else saw him. I didn't even tell anybody about it for a very long time. It was so holy. And I was probably down on the floor weeping and crying for who knows how long, probably one of the last ones out of the church. And I didn't run up afterwards and tell the pastor what happened. I didn't run up and say, hey, I missed that prayer. Would you pray for me? Why? Because when it's really God, it changes you. There's too much stuff that's not really God because there's no change in the people who are having these great experiences. I've never had an experience with God ever that hasn't changed me, ever. He wants to change us from glory to glory. Most people are parked way back at some place that has very little glory on it because we will not deal with the issues that the true encounters want to make us deal with. We will not listen to preaching that will break through and cause us to deal with what he wants us to deal with. Amen? God is going to bring this kind of preaching to the true body of Christ. Oh, in a major way, and a lot of the other stuff is going to fall away. These are things you can pray about. Do you want your employer to see what you did? 
Everybody cracks up around here because, you know, I don't, I, God told me to hire them and I figure he knows what they're doing and what they're not doing and I try to pour in. I'm probably not the best at that. But everything gets done. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Nicole. And then the part-time people who will give what they can on the site, thank you guys. And for all those who do not have your name at all on payroll and you do what the Lord puts on your heart, thank you very, very much. Amen? What is he saying to do? Are you doing what you're doing to be seen by men? I, I, this is just one of the things I've heard a lot doing ministry to help people get free from bondage and racism and stuff. And it's, Well, if you're black, you have to work twice as hard. I'm not saying that's not being told to people. But what God had me say, well, if you can, shouldn't you? If I'm doing it as unto the Lord, then working twice as hard should, should be an honor. Amen? Amen? If you're supposed to do everything as unto the Lord, you should be giving it 100%. So if somebody else is giving it 50%, that's between them and God. Amen? We have to break some of these lies that make us bitter. And I'm not saying that some people don't require you to work harder than someone else. But guess what? I work for the Lord, so it doesn't matter. You can put the same over with women, especially women pastors and leaders. Amen? It doesn't matter. I'm not doing this to please man. Amen? I'm doing this as unto the Lord. I want everybody to get that. What you do it should be as unto the Lord. Your job should be as unto the Lord. Your parenting should be as unto the Lord. You being a wife or a husband should be as unto the Lord. You preaching should be as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, it should be as unto the Lord or it's nothing. Amen? So how can you complain about your boss? That's why God cannot stand murmuring. You want to tick God off, start murmuring. His anointing will leave you so fast. Moses did not get to go into the promised land because he began to buy into the murmuring and buy into how important he was. Amen? I'm not going to join your murmuring by God's grace. Amen? Come on, be real. Don't you want to know what to do with murmuring? Get your heart right with God. What you do, you should do as unto the Lord. Pray to him. He knows how to bring increase. He knows how to do whatever. Amen? All right. They love the place of distinction and honor at feasts and the best seats at the synagogues. Now he's talking about religious leaders. And he's talking about politicians, right? Who's who? Look at all of Hollywood. Who cares who walks down a red carpet? Amen. Who cares? I mean, seriously, who cares? See, that's that whole thing. We want, you, we want the best honor. We want to flaunt it in front of you, how fancy we are. We want to flaunt it in front of you, you know, all these things. They, they want, they love, they love the place of distinction and honor at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues. Amen? Get that out of your heart. Get it out of your heart that you deserve special treatment. Amen? Get it out of your heart that other people, they deserve honor, who God says to honor, right? But they don't deserve special treatment. Jesus Christ was the son of God. He was God. And he didn't require special treatment. Right? He didn't require special treatment. Ooh, this messes up a lot of people's wrong teaching out there, doesn't it? Really study what favor looks like. It didn't look that impressive. 
is favor with God, and he'll give favor with man. But that f- the first part of favor with God causes a lot of men to reject you. Amen? You've got to get free from the system of the world. You've got to get free from these things the enemy has. You've got to get free from this hypocrisy. Amen? All right. They want to be greeted in the marketplaces and public forums and to have people call them rabbi or teacher. They want people to see them. They want people to recognize them. Come on, you guys. Most of us have some of this in our hearts. Amen? Do you get what I'm saying? This isn't like, oh, I don't have that chuck off. If you're going, oh, I don't have that, I don't have that, something's wrong with you. You're delusional. You're deceived. Amen? We're always dying to self. Amen? If Holy Spirit's really working in you right now, he's actually popping, even with me while I'm talking, specific things in your head to demonstrate there's still some issues with this. Amen? Amen? If that's not happening We need to get a special group going to help people get free and hear God. Amen? There's no condemnation. It's okay. It's still humbling, right? It's very humbling when he goes, well, you know, this. I'm like, oh, man. Amen? Some people don't get it. Some people are in delusion. I've got to say, there are people in this room in delusion. You are not where you think you are in God. You are not where you think you are in being sanctified. And God wants to help you be free. You need to get rid of this religious spirit. Amen? It's something the enemy does to have people keep rejecting you and pushing you away, rejecting you and pushing you away. And God wants you to deal with it and get healed and set free so you can become who he has for you to be. And all those gifts and talents in you and all those things he's placed in you are going to be for his glory. Amen? Oh, man. Look at this one. When you look. Let me read the rest. Do not be called... Rabbi or teacher, for one is your teacher and the rest of you are brothers. Do not be called on this, do not call anyone on this earth who is spiritually helping you, your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. Do not let yourselves be called leaders or teachers, for one is your leader, the Christ. But the greatest among you will be your servant. Look at the whole doctrine that went out about spiritual fathers. Who's your spiritual father? Jesus. That's the only biblical answer to that question not not only that jesus himself is saying it's a pharisee hypocritical spirit that wants you to call them father master teacher it's basically busting up the covering doctrine god does not want you looking to man does that mean that we don't honor the fivefold ministry actually you're supposed to give double honor to those who actually teach you the word so you need to get with holy spirit and say what does that look like what does double honor look like i'll say thank you guys on the 30th anniversary of overcoming grief that you guys blessed john and i so much um some of you actually gave gifts which of course you know we don't need financially but they made us be able to go out to eat and and we would have gone anyway but saying wow isn't this cool that they would care enough about us to pay for this amen and then and then flowers but just the cards and especially the genuine cards written from people's hearts so you could tell you actually picked it out reading it first and and especially it gave double honor to me that you would honor my husband it gave double honor to me that you would recognize that he has laid down his life for his wife and he is probably one of the most godly biblical men in this church or that I know. Especially being married to me and the reputation that the Pharisees 
in the church have thrown at me. To still be actively in love with God and in church after being thrown out of seven churches because of his wife or however many churches. Amen? That was double honor. See, you don't understand. It's not some fake thing that I got to tell you what to do. It's something that comes from the Holy Spirit in your heart. And I could tell. I could tell that people wrote generally from their hearts. It wasn't forced on you to do. Amen? And so look who we're supposed to honor. Ask God, how do I honor my mother and my father? Father's Day's coming up. Just how do I honor him? How do I honor him? We're supposed to honor our husbands, ladies, who are married. How do I do that? You, you know, for me, to honor my husband is not to ask him to do stuff for me when he likes doing his, he works so hard all day and then he, his hobby is to work on boats that he wants to sell or whatever. And then when I come up and say, can you fix this? It's for him, it's honoring him if I figure out a, a way to do it myself or to go buy another one than to have him fix it. Why? Because I'm honoring his time. I'm honoring that he has something he really wants to do and he works all day long so that we have the lifestyle we have. We do not have the lifestyle we have because of this church. I'm very convinced that I could make a lot more money if I wasn't overseeing this church. And John and I both chose to lay down that kind of salary. All these books I'm writing that I spent six hours yesterday on, I, didn't, I don't get paid for. And if the book does great, I'm not making royalties from it. Amen? Not poor me. John and I decided we did not need a better lifestyle than we have. And you're like, she's got a good lifestyle. We do have a nice lifestyle. Amen? But we, we could have a fancier lifestyle, but we chose not to. Amen? And I honor John for that. I honor John that he doesn't want to take a lot of money out of this church. It's not that we don't have the money. God blesses us, amen? Now, could God, I think God would give it to us if we wanted it. I think he'd just bring increase. We chose not to do that, amen? And so thank you guys for honoring. I just want you to start thinking, how do women, you're supposed to honor your husbands. Now let me say, husbands, it doesn't say you have to honor your wives. We're all supposed to honor each other. You're supposed to love your wives. What does that look like? So somebody can come up and preach that one day, guys. Amen? But he does say laying your life down for her is part of that. Amen? Oh, God's getting everybody, isn't he? He's just getting everybody today. Holy Spirit, you can feel the presence of God, right? It's a very sober spirit, though. It's really much like the Lord saying, I want you to deal with this. I want you to see this. I want you to see things my way. Amen? All right. Now here, just so you know, do not let yourselves be called leaders or teachers. The one, you're lead, the one is your leader, the Christ. All right? That's why I don't, I'm not trying to follow rules. In my heart, I really just feel like I'm like everybody else. Amen? Because I am. Amen? And I don't have a, I don't have a false thinking about that. Amen? I am who I am, and I have the gifts that I have, and, and, and what, I, what he's called me to do, and I love what I do. Amen? I love the anointing, okay? I love the anointing. Whoa! I love 
love, love the anointing to teach the word of God. I love it. I love the anointing to move in the revelation. Amen. I love it. Okay. I have, to me, I have the greatest, greatest um, anointing, gifting and anointed and call God could give to anybody. Amen. But you should feel like that about what you do. You'd be like, there's no way I want to do what she does. Amen. Because we need each other. Amen. But if you would start flowing in what he has for you, then you would be excited about that. Amen. You would be excited about that. All right. Do not let yourselves be called leaders or teachers, for the one is your leader, the Christ. Basically, he's saying, do not buy into covering doctrine where you look to a person to take the place of God in your life. And I don't do that here. And so every now and then the Holy Spirit will move through me to really bring a rebuke or a correction to like you would if a child was running out into traffic and you had to grab their arm to stop them. Amen. Well, she's cursing me. I don't curse anybody. Amen. Oh, if I had listened to what the Holy Spirit put on my heart, who knows, Lauren could be here today. So I have a reverent fear of the Lord. And if he wants to flow through me to bring correction and direction and rebuke, just like he walked in, I'm going to do it. But I will tell anybody, if I do it, I'm serious. You ought to take it really serious. She thinks she's something. No, I don't think I'm anything. I think I don't even plan any of this. The greatest among you will be your servant. How, how much do you have a heart to serve? You know, you hear people say, well, I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't do this. You know, I'll do whatever the Lord puts on my heart to do. And then he can actually give me grace. I actually had grace for cleaning my house. I talked to Karen yesterday. She had the anointing to clean the house. She was really happy with that. Amen? There's a grace. There's a grace to cook dinner. There's a grace to take care of a lot of things at one time. There's a grace to be a mom. There's a grace to be a wife. There's a grace to be a husband. There's a grace from God. There's anointing. We've got to quit the murmuring and flow in the grace. Amen? We've got to get rid of our stubborn ways of, well, I'm never doing this. Well, don't tell God you're never doing something. Amen? Are you going to be having a straight-on fight with him for a while? Because he wins. Amen? So it's like, Lord, just give me the grace to do this. We are a spoiled, spoiled nation. Amen? And I'm cool with being spoiled for a while, but if I'm not spoiled, I'm not afraid. I have, I have grace when I'm on the mission field. I have grace in a third world nation. I have grace. I can adjust to what's going on. Amen. We need to get to that place where we know no matter what happens. There, there are some people who are going to be watching this. There are nations that will, maybe will stay goat nations, may never turn to Christ, and they're going to go through persecution and some really hard things. There's grace for that. There's grace to live in those nations. I don't go into those nations and feel sorry for them. There's a grace to live like that. Remember, when they went in the promised land, it was like camping, everybody. Amen? They didn't have running water. They didn't have flushing toilets. They didn't have modern, they didn't have cell phones, right? And they called it the promised land. So we need, we need to die to our idolatry no matter how bad things get. And I'm not prophesying they're going to. But guess what? There's going to be grace for us to have great lives in Christ. Amen? All right. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled. Whoever humbles himself shall be raised to honor. This is a spiritual law. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled. Now, I've, had to, I've been humbled and humbled, right? You see me humbled all the time because I used to boast a lot. Amen? And then you'd watch me be humbled. Some of you are being humbled. I, 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 
yield to him humbling you so it doesn't have to get so bad. Amen? See the places where you boast. See the places, is your job, is that where you boast? Well, God, don't just humble yourself and realize if he didn't give you that job, you wouldn't have that job, amen? If he didn't take care of you that way. Do you boast, where do you, do you boast about your children, how great your children are? Well, that's to God's glory, not yours, amen? But if that's where you get your self-esteem, you know, I just say be careful. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm just saying these, he pro, these are spiritual laws. These really operate. If we boast, if we exalt ourselves, if we say how great this is or that is, then he will humble us because he loves us. What does it mean to be humble? It means it's only because of God's grace. It's because he created me this way. It's because he gave me this gift package. It's because he put me in this situation. It's because he did this, amen? It's because of who he is in me. It's because of all that he's done. It's because of who he is. Let's be real. If we, get, if we really wake up and get humble, if our children even make it through us as their parents, praise God, amen? If our kids even make it in this wild, crazy world, praise God, amen? Don't touch his glory. Well, it's the way I did this and I took care of this and I was so strict with this or I was so lenient with this. And no, 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 no. That's all boasting and pride, amen? Amen? If it wasn't for God, the Bible's really clear. If it wasn't for God in the hour we're living in, even the elect would all be deceived. Amen. Praise God. Come out of condemnation. He's powerful. He loves us. He wants to set us free. He wants us to live in pure liberty. He wants to be the one who answers our prayers about our families. But we have to humble ourselves before him. Amen. We have to get out of his way and then obey him. Amen. All right. Now here... So I'm reading all this, I'm going, and I had kind of a visitation, not kind of, I had a visitation when he gave me this about three weeks ago, because I was praying, I said, Lord, what is ever going to happen with this corrupt government? What's ever going to happen? Our whole nation's falling apart. Lord, what, what is going to happen? And he took me first right to Matthew 23. But when I was reading it, I can't explain it, I was reading it, and he was putting the politicians' names and all in there. And he was showing me the politicians who lift themselves up. He showed me the politicians who do this. He showed me all these things. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But then when I go back and study it and that, that revelation, that experience isn't on it, I see what the word says. Amen? So I'm bringing you the revelation with the word. Amen? But when I had the revelation, he was personally answering a question that I went to him and said, why are they getting away with this? What's going to happen? Amen? Now, this is the part. So I'm looking at this. Yeah, Lord, that's them. They don't lift a finger. They're not really helping the poor. They're not helping the black community. They're not helping anybody. People are being, being made homeless every day, you guys, because of the price of things. Don't you get it? People who have the good jobs and the better jobs are going to be okay, even if they have to move down into a house of somebody who doesn't. Don't you get it? They want to clear the trailer park out. And then the people who've been living in apartments are all going to end up in the trailer park. And the people who were living in their own houses or renting houses are going to live in the apartments. And then the people who are renting, let's see, the people who own houses are going to have to get rid of those houses and then go try to rent a smaller house. Do you get what I'm saying? This is the effect of this corrupt government. They're not lifting a finger to help anyone. They know that without the gas, you are not going to get to work. They know they're taking hundreds of dollars out of your pocket. 
Don't blame it on a war. It happened before the war, and let's say get out of the war. It's not our war. You've let it linger on this long. Amen? You've let it linger on this long so you could get the prices so high. Not so you'll go buy a green car. They can control you in a green car. I'm going to be this. Oh, well. Do you see what I'm saying? They're doing it because you can't afford a green car, number one. Number two, if you get a green car, you're not safe anymore driving around. Number three, the batteries cost more than your gas car. Plus, who's in charge of electricity? Who can black out anytime they want, anywhere they want to make sure you don't go anywhere? Amen? So get it. They are not lifting a finger to help you, but they act like they are. And they show up on TV and guest on guest talks and they have their books and their fancy, fancy everything, amen, while they are destroying the poor. Now, as you destroy the poor in our nation, because overall we don't have poor in our nation, we have people who don't have as much as others. But now we can't send money to other nations because there's no money. Throw away all our taxes, people. They're going to have to tax us higher. I'm just telling you, this is where we're at. This is in the church. We got to clean up our own hearts. Then we got to see the church go through the shaking. And then we've got to watch our government. And the whole time this is happening, we can pray for it. Amen? We can pray. Open the eyes of the people. I want to open the eyes of the people. When people don't care about you, they don't care about you, Republican or Democrat. Amen? We have it worse than they had it when they did the Boston Tea Party. We are not being represented by that our representatives, either the system's so corrupt they can't represent us or they don't want to represent us. Amen? Amen? But I'm in a different kingdom. I am a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I have a God who will show me what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Amen? And I am not going to bow my knee to the enemy. Amen? Get the Pharisee spirit out of your heart because you are not exempt. No matter how great your education, no matter how much money you bring in, you better get this stuff out of your heart so that God can be in charge of your life, your job, your homes, everything else. Amen? All right. He goes on. Now, now we're getting to the part. This is why I get to that. So now the Lord says, now listen to this. This is what's coming. But woe, which means judgment, which means justice is coming in these situations. Woe, judgment is coming to you self-righteous scribes and Pharisees and politicians. <laughs> you hypocrites. Because you shut off the kingdom of heaven in front of people. For you do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who are in the process of entering to do so. What's he talking about? You preach, they preach things to make you think the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't for today. They preach things to make you think that the supernatural divine power of God is not for today. They preach you and teach you and they, they come against you if you walk in the things of God or move in the spirit of God. That's most of the church. They're closing up the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's not the same when I'm trying to help you get free, led by Holy Spirit, so you enter into the real and not a counterfeit. Amen? I'm not trying to close it up. I'm doing everything I can to bring everybody in in a big way. 
Amen? But I'm not going to have the mixture and the counterfeit and have the vial with, with the pure. Amen? I just move in discernment. He just shows me these things. But I'm willing to help anybody get free. Amen? Do you get that? I'm not just going to have a free-for-all with bringing in false fire and everything else and people being hurt in a big mess. And that is all over the church right now. You can walk into almost any charismatic, spirit-filled, prophetic church right now and you will not find a, a pure presence of God. And most people don't even know anymore. My heart is, Lord, I want what's pure. I want a holy presence of God, amen? I don't want the mixture, and I want to help people get free because when you're blind, you don't know it, amen? When you're deceived, the whole idea is you don't know it. So I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. I'm just going to do whatever Holy Spirit has me to do, and it's not going to please you unless you get free. Then you're going to be so thankful to God, amen? All right. So it's coming, people. The judgment's coming to the scribes and the Pharisees in the church, to all the hypocrites, and if you look at this, if you look at this shut off the kingdom of heaven in front of people, politically, they shut off our ability to prosper purposely. They purposely, purposely took away our independence as a nation. They purposely are stopping manufacturers. They purposely are doing things to stop farmers. They're purposely, 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 purposely stopping what they want for this nation, what, what we have placed them in office to bring into this nation. Amen? They're purposely doing it. Quit pretending they're not purposely doing it. They're purposely doing it. In the church, these people do not want Christ to have his rightful place. The Pharisee spirit, whether the people are deceived and they think they're helping, they don't want you speaking in tongues. They don't want you raising the dead. They don't want you healing the sick. They don't want you glorifying Christ. They want you to come to them, to need them, to give your money to them so they can do what they want to do. And God is going to shake it. Amen. And just like in the government, there's different levels of this, right? In the church, there's different levels of this. But God is saying, I'm shaking all of it. Amen. We are coming into a new season where God is going to have his church. Oh, but it's, and then he's going to have people who are going to preach all the converts that are going to come in. All the new believers have got to come in. They can't come in to the old wineskin. Amen. And then become, you'll see this next. He says um, in a minute, in a minute where he says 2315, woe to you. Scribes, Pharisees, you hypocrites, because you travel everywhere over land and sea to make a single convert. And when they become a convert, you make them twice the son of hell as you are. That's in the church. Go to the mission field, but then you're trying to give them your false doctrine and your bondage. Uh, I went to one place, I won't say where, and it was a Bible school. And they were so upset that I was there because I was a woman who ministers in the anointing. And they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe speaking tongues. What are you converting them to? They're in a nation that needs power. We do too now, but they've been needing it. They're in a nation that needs to raise the dead. They're in a nation that needs to heal the sick. They're in one of these nations that the enemy is going to try to wipe out the populations. The enemy is planning on this fake famine to kill millions of people in third world nations because they're a bother. They don't make any money to help these elitists. 
If you think I'm lying, go check it out on the internet. Well, wait and see. How sad is that? Listen to this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Now listen to this. This, this goes with what I was just talking about. And think about what politicians... Remember, what's going on in the church is reflected in our nation. Because you swallow up the widow's house, and to cover it up you make long prayers, you will receive a greater condemnation. They are causing even widows. They are causing those who have no means of support to be out on the streets. I saw a post yesterday in Good Neighbors up in Williamsburg, where they're called, and they said, please, does anybody have a room for 600 a month I can rent? Because by tomorrow I'm on the streets if I don't at least have a room. So that's somebody who was paying. They actually had a mortgage of 900. They were able to pay 900 a month rent. And now because of everything, they have to find, and they're saying six because they're going by themselves. I guess somebody else. Anyway, they said nine if you can rent them a house. So guess what? They're going to be moving into the neighborhoods where the rent's 900. That's not the neighborhood. The rent's 900 used to be a pretty good rent. Do you see what I'm saying? What's going to happen to the people who can't afford what the $900 rents used to be? Because they're, you see what I'm saying? So the $900 rents are going to be, are probably already 14 or 1500. The $600 rents, amen, are now going to be 900. So they're saying, we're going to leave our nice rental and we're going to have to move to what used to be a $600 rental that now we're hoping we can get for nine. Who's going to be hurt in this the most and the fastest? Amen. These are such hypocrites. But the church is doing the same thing. When we tell you that, that um, when we tell you to give but out of the wrong motive and you don't understand that when you give is unto the Lord and you give where he shows you to give and if you tithe, he's going to keep you in his protection as long as you don't get off track everywhere else. Amen. And then when I tell you to give offerings because that's going to help counterinflation because he's going to give you 30, 60, and 100-fold. I pray we don't need to have to get to the 100-fold. Amen. I'm giving you his biblical principles led by his word. It's not going to affect me personally. Amen? If God wants his place closed, he'll close his place. If he doesn't want to close, no devil in hell can close his place. Amen? Amen? I'm not living my life trying to make a little bit of money so we can stay here. Amen? But I am telling you his word and what happens when you hear people abuse it and you see the abuse, a lot of people close down completely. That's why a lot of people who would like to be real with God aren't in churches. God's going to shake it all. Amen? He's going to shake it all. All right, listen to this one, Matthew 23, 15. Woe to you, it means a curse is coming to you. You self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, because you travel overseas and land to make a single convert. Okay, so basically, we can be out evangelizing all we want legalistically, right? But if we're not bringing them into the kingdom, if we're not bringing them to and connect them to the headship of Jesus Christ, and we want them to be like us and carry our books and believe our doctrines, Amen. We're actually making them, and look what he called these leaders of the church, you have to make them twice as much a son of hell as you are. Can I tell you? You do not want to be a Christian leader who does not have the Holy Spirit, and you do not want to be a Christian leader with the Holy Spirit, but you're grieving the Holy Spirit and doing your own thing and religious traditional things. Amen? We are entering in this time. 
That's why we're all crying out for justice for our nation, right? How many's been praying? God, please, please heal our nation. God, please open people's eyes. God, please stop this, what they're doing to make us a third world nation. Please stop what they're doing to take everybody's money while they sit there and laugh and get the money back and spend it on ridiculous stuffs and, and take care of each other. That is happening in the church. And guys, I, even though we're, we're not in that, thank God. We're hidden over here, amen? God get me out of that mess. But he's going to take back his church, amen? And we got to begin to pray, Lord, take back your church. And as we begin to intercede and pray, take back your church, he's going to take back our nation, amen? And then, come on, think long term. We've got to have a heart to be able to disciple, led by the Spirit, not legalism, the next group of people who are going to be saved in this outpouring. Amen? We don't want to make them twice the son of hell. Right? Guys, if we don't pray and save our colleges and our universities, they literally are producing those who are twice the son of hell out of some of our biggest universities that were started as Christian universities. This go, Just go to them. It's not as bad like we've been praying about we Mary and all, but Wow, Yale, I've never felt the kind of demonic stuff I felt at Yale. I didn't want to get out of the car when I drove by Yale. God said, you've got to begin to pray. You've got to begin to, that's not just show up on Sunday mornings. That means begin to write some of these things out. As you pray for the next generation of people coming out of these universities, amen? Amen? That's the only thing that's going to save our government and change our government. Do you understand that? But that doesn't matter if we don't pray for their souls. Amen? But if we're going to pray for people's souls and then put them in these institutions that are going to make them <laughs> sons of hell, what good is it? We've got to take back our government. We've got to take back our, 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 our everything, amen, for God's glory. And it has to start with the church getting right with God. You have to see these things. All right. Woe to the blind guides who say, whoever swears an oath by the sanctuary of the temple, there's nothing, there's nothing non-binding, but also swears an oath to the gold of the temple, they're obligated. You fools and blind men, which is more important, the gold or the sanctuary of the temple that sanctifies the gold? And he goes on, whoever swears by the altar, that is nothing non-binding, but whoever swears an oath by the offering on it, he's obligated. What he is saying, okay, you blind men, which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctifies the offering? Therefore, whoever swears by the altar swears both by it and by everything. Whoever swears by the sanctuary of the temple swears by it and by him who dwells within it. Whoever swears an oath by heaven swears both by the throne of God and by whom sits on it. All right. What he's saying here, I'm going to put this in a real reader digest thing. He's basically saying your eyes are on the money, not on what it's really about. Okay. So in other words, you know, do whatever you want when you come to church, but just make sure you tithe. And that's what our government does. Just make sure you give us your tax money and we don't really care about the rest. And that's what he's saying in the church. You just want the money. You just want the money. You just want this to benefit you. You just want the lifestyle you want. You don't really care about the rest. 
And what the Lord is saying, it's actually set up the other way around. You're actually in that position because we care about the rest. You're actually in that position because God cares about his church. You're actually in that position because he cares about his people. You're actually, do you understand what I'm saying? That's what he's saying here. See how you can see it with the church leadership, but you also see it in our nation, don't you? Now he says to those with that heart, woe to you. There's a curse coming on you, you self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you give a tenth of your tithe to mint and dill, to the herbs. In other words, you focus on the small things, but you neglect the weightier, more important moral, spiritual provisions of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But these are the primary things you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Now, can't you see how you can apply all this to our government, right? Like, okay, you're taking all this money from us and you're taking care of a war that's going on and on and on that's actually also involved with people who are covering up some really demonic stuff that happened uh, that could get uh, this administration in trouble, right? And that's all being blown up and everything else and you're taking billions of dollars to do that. You're taking billions of dollars to, to do all these crazy things, right? Well, wait a minute, step back. Let's look at the big picture. You were put in those positions not to do things to harm people and take all of our money to cover up stuff. Amen? So it's the same thing. There's a big, big cover-up going on. It's in the church too. Some of the preaching, let's face it, give your money here. You've got to give your money here. Oh, you're going to be blessed like this. Oh, I'm prophesying that if you do this, you'll get a hundredfold. Nobody can prophesy that. Amen? Do you get it? The same thing. They're abusing, they're abusing God's word or the government's abusing our putting them in position. And some of them weren't put in position. Amen? To do what they want while they neglect the real purpose that the church is here, the real purpose that government on our nation is there. Amen? Here's the good part. God's cursing all this. He's cursing them. Woe to them. Bad things are coming on them. Amen? Bad things are coming on them to shake them up to shake them up. Amen. So that's why we don't want this stuff in our hearts. Amen. We don't want this stuff in our hearts. We don't want to look at the little itsy bitsy things. Well, you didn't do this. So therefore, when you miss the big picture, come on, parents, come on, spouses, come on, teachers, come on, everybody. Don't focus on the little thing that you can nitpick at. That's a Pharisee spirit. Well, you didn't do this, so you're not doing this. You didn't do this. Look at the big picture. Look what they did do. Look how they did accomplish. Look what they have overcome. Look at how great it is. And sometimes in parenting, you can get so focused on what's not happening that you don't see what is happening. You don't, you lose that, what is he saying? You lose that mercy. You lose that love. You lose the big picture. <sighs> Right now, when you look at our government losing the big picture, like, oh, we're going to make you buy Greek cars and we're going to stop the poison in the atmosphere. And the big picture is the other people using the oil is, is doing a worse job at it than we do. Amen? They're losing the big picture. Plus, all the people losing their jobs. How can they buy your green car? You see what I'm saying? We can, I want you to see God gave me this revelation for our government, but he showed me through his word, it's a reflection of the church. We are the church. It's a reflection of us. Change how you see things. How does God see your child? How does God see their, process, their progress? How does God see? How does he want you to help? And how do you help with that? How does God see your spouse? And how, do you understand what I'm saying? How does God see your pastor? 
How does God see the other people who work for you or on staff or whatever? We've got to quit focusing on the nitpicking things. Say, well, I'm leaving because of this. I don't like this because of this. Just stop it. Look at the big picture. Look at the big picture. Amen? And when we start doing that, then our prayers to see the big picture come to pass for our nation will be powerful. Amen? When our prayers to see the church become what he wants, it'll become powerful. Amen? Does everybody understand that? That's what he's getting at with all this. Everybody let God show you you. He wants justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Amen? So he wants justice in your homes, but he wants mercy and he wants faithfulness. They all work together. Amen? He wants that in our churches. Amen? And then he wants, he wants that in our marriages. Right? And then he wants that in our nation. Amen? So we're all crying out for justice, but the church has got to be shaken to see, do we have justice? Is it justice for these ministers who have molested young people and, and, and manipulated people and did all this? First of all, the Bible says you're not even supposed to talk to someone without a witness there. Amen? And that's for their protection. If there had been a witness in that room when, when these pastors or leaders whatever, are counseling these women or children, right? If there was somebody else in that room, then, then it's probably not going to happen. Unless it's a real place you better run from. Amen? But that's so, that's so the enemy won't have that way to come in and do that harm. Plus, biblically... Biblically, the Bible says you cannot bring an accusation against a leader in the church or an elder without a witness. So how would I be being fair to you to talk to you about something without a witness there? So if it gets twisted or whatever, then, you know, well, it's just because you say, you know what? We need to get so biblical with this. I've had a few situations where I've been stuck because I, I didn't think this was, I didn't think it was going to happen, that somebody was going to tell me something that they shouldn't have told me. Amen. I had no witness. What I'll do now, if I can't, I'll run and get somebody. I'll put somebody on speakerphone, whatever. I said, now tell them what you just said. Amen. That's for divine protection. That's for divine protection. Not for the leaders, for the people. The leader's already protected. You're not allowed to bring. You, biblically, you cannot bring an accusation against them without a witness. Why? Because God knows people, Jezebel's going to get in there and twist things, and some Ahabs are going to get in there, and people are going to come in there who are bent and hurt and try to twist what happened and what was said and tries to cause division in the church. Amen? So God's like, I'm protecting my church. But, biblically, I'm protecting the people requiring a witness. That's why if you come here for ministry, there's always two people. Even if one's just sitting at their desk and they're in the same room. Amen? And sometimes people come at you and start dumping stuff on you you weren't planning. Amen? That's why, wait a minute. <laughs> Get over here, put speakerphone on, do whatever. Look, I want you to be protected, so I got to have another witness for this. Because the enemy wants people to dump stuff on you when biblically they can't say anything about it now. Amen? See, most people don't even know these spiritual laws. They don't even know that this is all in the Bible. Amen? 
woe to you. Now, this is for those who don't want any more being healed of the brokenhearted places. You don't want anybody else to point out your hurts and your issues. You're, you're over it. You're just going to go somewhere else where that doesn't happen. Here's what he says. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside you're full of extortion, robbery, and self-indulgence, unrestrained greed. We want to keep our hearts open to God changing us. Amen? There's a situation going on with some family stuff where a little bit of greed is popping up and people are unintentionally trying to pull me in. I'm not getting in it. I'm not in it. That generational curse has been broken off of me. I'm not going to get in. He said, she said, you owe this and that. I'm not doing it. Yeah, but no, I'm not coming in agreement with this is what I'll do if they do that. I'm not in this conversation, people. I'm not in this conversation. I'm not, I'm not opening that door for family generational curse agreed to jump back in my life at all. If I get nothing, when, when the inheritance all comes down the pike, if I get nothing, I got God. I don't care. He's in charge. If you want to steal from me, then that's between you and God. Amen. Um, he says, you know, if you want this, I'll give you my coat too. Amen. I'm not getting in it. He's going to fight my battles. I'm not fighting. I'm not making them my battles. I'm not making your battle my battle. Don't let somebody else make your battle their battle. Amen. Amen. Don't let somebody vilify people. When people already start saying, well, if this happens, I'm doing this. Why are you thinking like that? I'm not doing anything till God shows me what to do and there's grace to do it. I'm not being part of this. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This stuff is going to happen magnified in the hour we're living in. Amen. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to yield the Holy Spirit not to be a part of it. We're going to have to learn to say no when somebody starts talking like that. We're going to have to learn to speak up in love and truth. I'm not being a part of that. I'm not being a part of that. Amen. It's everywhere. Am I the only one that feels this stuff everywhere right now? Raise your hand if you're feeling this more intense and everywhere right now. Amen? And so that's, it's because we're in that season. Can I tell you, this will make you happy. It's not going away. These birth pains and shakings are going to get stronger and stronger and stronger until the return of Christ. Amen? He's birthing right now. He's birthing a bride. He's birthing a bride without spot or blemish. He's putting her in this hot, this tough place, but his spirit's poured out to handle it. He does have ministers who know the truth and speak it in love. Amen. He's maturing more and more people. They're going to come forth major as the darkness gets darker. Amen. And people are deciding, am I going to be lukewarm and vomited out of his mouth? Or am I going to jump all in? Amen. And it's not hard. Jumping in is fun. Okay. There's, has anybody ever read the book of Revelations or anything about the end times and thought, wow, that looks like a great time to be on planet Earth? Right? The people who say that have itchy or preaching, think we're going to take over and dominate everything and none of this is going to happen. That's a lie from the pit of hell. At the same time, we've got to begin to taste more and more how awesome it is to walk with God, to know God, to hear God, to be willing to lay down our lives for him. Amen that he is really all we need. And if we're honest, like I'm being honest, it's a little bit in American lifestyle, it's a little bit, uh, can't we have both? Well, maybe we can, but we'll all find out, won't we? But if I had to choose between both and just Jesus, I pick just Jesus. And they can't take that away from me. Amen? If I can be blessed and prosperous and have Jesus, as long as I have Jesus, yay. But if I can't because of the day and hour we're living in or the nation some of you are in, then fine. They can't take Jesus from us. Amen. Amen? And if they kill us, we just go to heaven. 
where we're going to be very prosperous. Amen? We've got to get our eyes on, on him. We're in this place. It's kind of exciting. Till I wake up in the night going, oh God. For you clean the outside. Okay. You blind Pharisees. First, you need to clean the inside of the cup and the plate. Examine and change your inner self to conform to God's precepts. In other words, let God deal with your heart issues. So that your outside, your public life and deeds are clean. Okay. People who are still in bondage and they have hidden things going on in their personal lives and homes. They are a Pharisee, all right? It's a spirit. It can be very spiritual. It can mock the real, but God can set you free from it, amen? Jesus is telling you, these things is gonna bring woe to you. They're gonna, they put you under a curse. You hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, which looks beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. Gosh, this is longer than I thought. Okay, I'm not going to be able to do all this. So you also outwardly seem to be just and upright to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Okay. All right, you ready for this? And I'll, I'll, in, I'll finish this next, next week because it's longer than I thought. But it's okay. It's hitting it, isn't it? We all are upset about lawlessness, aren't we? Well, as long as you still walk in it, in a spirit of Pharisee or hypocrisy, you are part of lawlessness. Why? Because you are not living under God's laws. And the only way to live under God's laws and not be a hypocrite in the new covenant is to be yielded to Holy Spirit. So the church is the reason that lawlessness is so rampant in our nation. We're trying to do all the right things, follow the right things. We're living under legalism. We're trying to make these things happen. And the truth is, in that is lawlessness. Why? Because not one of us can fulfill the laws of Christ. Amen? Not one of us. Not one of us could be made, um, not one of us can be without sin except by Christ. Amen? Not one of us is worthy, right? And yet we're looking at the lawlessness. Why? Because in the church... There's so few people yielded to Holy Spirit, yielded to sanctification, being made whole and being led by his spirit. Does everybody get it? We have to be led by the spirit of the living God. That's what he's bringing us to. How many realize that that's the only way we're not going to have blemish? That's the only way we're not going to have wrinkles. That's the only way we're going to have oil. That's the only way we get to finally, in a week or two, get to the conclusion on this of the wedding. Amen? But it's amazing to me how this starts with an invitation and ends with a wedding. But in between, it's these curses on those things that cause us to be like the enemy. Amen? And isn't it, I don't know if you see it as clear as I do because the way I've got the revelation. He is showing us our government. Everybody can see that, right? But they were like, oh my gosh, this is the church. And he goes, oh my gosh, this is you. Amen? And the only part of all that you can change is what? Oh, this is me. And then at some point he'll say, come out from Babylon. Come out of her. Come out of her. In other words, let me go find other people who really are serious about Jesus Christ being the Lord. Let me go find other people who are led by the spirit of the living God. Let me go find other people who want oil and want to let everything happen. You know, an olive does not produce oil until it's really smashed. Amen? Whew. And those virgins who become the bride go through a real smashing 
to get that oil. Amen? And it's not at the hand of the enemy. It's at the hand of God that anything in you that doesn't belong to him, he's claiming for his glory. <coughs> Do you understand that? Itchy ear preaching on one side, and they don't necessarily know it, that everything's going to be great and prosperous and wonderful. And we're all going to be taken out of here before it's bad. Has anybody else figured too late? We're still here. Amen. And there's no great promise we're going to be out of here tomorrow. Right? Okay, so can we just put that aside? And just look at one thing. I want the oil. And I want to be that half of the church that's at that supper of the Lamb. I say yes to the invitation to get ready. Amen. I'm letting him deal with all these heart issues and I'm seeing how it reflects the world. But I'm going to get to that place to be that one without spot or blemish. Amen. By the grace of God. And it's going to take oil. What's oil? I'm going to go through this troubled times. But I'm, why would he say when you're going to go through all these trials, count it joy, if we're not supposed to go through trials? Amen. So we got to get to the place of counting it joy. Everybody doesn't look all that joyful in here right now. But if you'll get to the place of oil and you'll get to the place of more intimacy with the Lord and you'll get to a place where he takes away your fear and you get to a place where his kingdom is what it's really about and not in a hyper-spiritual way, but in a reality, then you'll actually get to a place to count this joy. Not that you're going to like having all <laughs> being squished so hard. Amen? And, and just... When we talk about this whole birthing that, that he causes like labor pains, when your body goes in, and you don't do anything to do it, right? Like your body, well, if we could talk to Talia. She could tell us. <laughs> all, all the babies, people over here. Sylvia too, she's had quite a few. Your body, when that body kicks in to push that baby out, you don't have much say over it. Like, breathe, breathe, don't push. It's like, you want to slap them. I'm going to push when I can push. When this is push, I'm going to get out of the way. Because you want that thing to come forth. Amen? Amen? And, and God purposely set this whole process of the end times up like childbirth. And so basically, your body goes into pushing. I mean, and everything contracts and everything's getting squished and turned around and, and put just right for that baby to be born, Right? And if there's a problem, you want a doctor who knows how to turn the baby or do this or do that. Well, think of the five-fold ministry. You're supposed to be midwives in this, even as they're going through it at the same time. Amen? Now, isn't that a fun picture? And so the bottom line is that baby has to be birthed. But when the baby's birth, all you can do is think of how awesome is the baby. And, and, and when you're going through the whole process, the only reason you'd get pregnant a second time is because when you had that baby, it was worth what you went through. Amen? Well, we have to count it. We have to see the joy before us. It's going to be worth it to see Christ set up his kingdom on the earth. Amen? It's going to be worth it to see his power come, his glory come. Amen? It's all going to be worth it. Amen? And that's why he started with how awesome this wedding's going to be, and we want to be there. And then he's telling us about all this that's going to happen to squish us, to, to get the oil out, but also to produce not just, not just a, 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 an olive without oil, but it's going to produce his kingdom come. Amen? And it's a process with God. 
And, and so we're, we're watching him develop in us a hunger to go through this process. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.